Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023 NBA playoffs. And tonight, the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 4 between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, an elimination game for the Boston Celtics in Miami. We're about to get swept, but it looks like the Celtic pride was alive and well tonight for at least one more game. They have extended the series to a game five with a big decisive win in this one a massive second half led by the man that would not go down we've seen him in so many elimination games do it at this point jason tatum but before we get into all that you got to remember to follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe on the YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you know every single time I go live or post a video for all things NBA, go live after every single night of playoff basketball. Of course, during the season, LA sports content and LA basketball content and NBA history content. Whew, how are we feeling tonight? I know the Laker fans are still in mourning after the season ended last night. If you haven't checked out that live, please go do check it out. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or of course on the YouTube channel. And every single damn, basically every single game I've done a recap on, except for Game 4, Sixers, Nets, and Game 4 and 5, Nuggets, Timberwolves. I've done a recap on basically every other game of these playoffs. So trying to do my best to have these receipts forever. And in tonight... It was a big game. I really thought the series was over, but the Miami, I'm sorry, but the Boston Celtics kept it alive and Jason Tatum was the leader of that in the second half. It took a while for him to get going, but he took over the game and said, "I am not going down tonight." We saw him do that in game 6 against Philly in the fourth quarter. We saw him do it in game 7 against Philly, and we saw him do it last year in game 6 and 7 against the Milwaukee Bucks, especially in game 6. Very, very quiet night tonight. I tried to go live earlier for you guys, too. Only 9 o'clock Pacific time, 12 o'clock Eastern. So even if you're a late-night East Coast person, you can come on and watch tonight. But only five people. Seems like no one's rocking with that Celtics game four right now. But we are live from Los Angeles. Let's get right into it. So the first quarter was actually the worst one for the Celtics. Starting lineup was Horford. Tatum, Brown, Smart, and White, so they went small. And Brown and Tatum, when I turned on the game, it was 10-6 Celtics. They did not start out well. Driving into traffic, making rash decisions, losing the ball. Tatum had three turnovers in the first half. He had four, I remember, in the game just off the eye test. Let's see how many he actually finished with in the game now that I got the box score in front of me. Five. 
So five turnovers in the game for Tatum. He had three of those in the first quarter. Jalen Brown, I thought his shot selection was poor. A lot of threes. And just as I usually say with him, or as I usually point out, tunnel vision. And I just didn't think any of the Celtics were really taking great shots. Just some rush threes all the way around. But thankfully, the defensive effort was not bad. Now, it didn't really move me because in Game 3, their defensive effort in the first quarter wasn't terrible either. But as the game went on, they just crumbled. As a Super Chat, Super Chats are turned on. If you want to jump a dollar a dime, comes in from X3. He says, I'm here for it, bro. Three more. Are you a Celtics fan, X3? You let me know. But... The defensive effort in the game tonight was not bad by the Celtics. And Jason Tatum, we finally saw him start on Jimmy Butler from the beginning of the game. At least this is the first time I remember him starting the game on Jimmy Butler defensively. But the thing is, the Celtics were still conceding the switch to everyone but Horford in that starting lineup. Derek White included. And Jimmy Butler repeatedly tried to seek out Derek White. And the first quarter, actually I'm pretty sure Jimmy had six points, but he wasn't that great. In the second quarter at all, he was pretty quiet and he was missing a lot of chippies. He was still getting in the lane, getting those one-handed push shots going to his right, sometimes going to his left, but he couldn't make them. And you got to give the Celtics credit. They contested them well, but a lot of the shots that he's made in this series have been contested well. So those are the shots he's made all playoffs. He just happened to miss those, especially to start that game. I'm sorry, not to start that game, but mainly in the first half. But the Time Lord, when he came into the game for Al Horford, he was struggling in the pick and roll. The first time he hedged the screen and got burned on a Kevin Love three, I believe that was with Jimmy Butler. And then he went in drop coverage with Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry the whole night. Worked on Kyle Lowry, but Gabe Vincent had a good game and he was get, able to get downhill a couple times. There was one time in that first quarter where he came off right for a three. And then there was another time where they switched Time Lord on a Butler and they were, they were giving him that switch all game as well. We've seen that repeatedly in this series. The Celtics have been okay with switching Derek White and the Time Lord on a Jimmy Butler and it hasn't really worked. So in my opinion, the Celtics didn't really adjust anything tonight except for maybe one thing. I'll get to that in the second half, but it was kind of minor in the game. If you saw some different adjustments, you let me know, but the Time Lord, every single thing that the Time Lord was throwing at them it wasn't really going for the Celtics defensively. The Heat were still getting really good looks. But the Seas were down by six after one, 29 to 23. The second quarter, not so great for the Celtics, but it's overall, but it started out well for them. And I, it was the role players for me that were the catalysts. Derek White, Al Horford, Knock Grant Williams mainly in that second quarter. Al Horford knocked down two threes, and we've been talking about Al Horford struggling from the three-point line in this series. And for him to hit those two threes in the beginning of that second quarter when it looked like, you know, that was a similar point to where the Heat really blew the game open in game two. You wanted to just prove that it wasn't just one quarter where you could stick around. You wanted to keep that consistency throughout the game. And Al Horford, Derek White knocking down a couple of threes, had an amazing putback layup when he was fouled by Jimmy Butler. And playing good defense as well. As I said, Jimmy Butler is going to attack that Derek White matchup. But overall, I thought Derek White did a decent job of making it tough. And on other guys, I thought he did a very good job throughout the game. There was one big block from behind on Duncan Robinson in that second half. And I thought that Grant Williams as well added a level of physicality, moving his feet, and was knocking down the three ball. So, solid start to that second quarter 
for the Celtics. And I thought another point of emphasis for them, I don't know if it was a point of emphasis or just something they went out and did because they were desperate. Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, these guys were attacking the offensive glass. The Celtics absolutely were dominating in that respect and were making the Heat pay. And I think a level of that is desperation and complacency on the Miami Heat's part. Overall, the offensive rebounding battle was funny enough. The Heat still had more, 12 to 7, but it felt like the key, there were key offensive rebounds, especially in that first half, where the Celtics were really just crashing it. Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, I remember specifically got one each. And the Celtics, all throughout the game, they were basically switching a ton. Uh, um, Horford was the only one really dropping, besides a little bit of the Time Lord was dropping as well in that first half in the pick and roll. And the Heat weren't too hot from deep or anything like that, hitting too many of their shots. But Vincent and Jimmy Butler were basically the only two guys really scoring. I mean, bam, had a couple of points here and there. Oh, I'm sorry. How could I forget? The main guy that was actually scoring for the, for the Heat was Caleb Martin in the first half. And it was honestly a tale of two halves for Caleb Martin. But in the first half, he was electric, knocking down the three ball, even a couple of contested ones off the catch. He had that move where he was going hard left with the reverse layup on the right hand. Did it one time where he took Tatum right to the rack. Another time where he took Horford right to the basket. His defense was great, and he was absolutely part of the reason why Tatum had a slow start in the first half. And Jalen Brown, you know, what's really frustrating about Jalen Brown is he's being guarded by Gabe Vincent. And he continuously is looking for screens and running into traffic and just not simplifying his game. Both these two, their problem is they love to play with the deep 25 feet away from the basket where the defense is just loaded up and staring at them and just watching them work. So that that's their issue. J, uh, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. But yeah, Jason Tatum, three turnovers in the first half, three for seven from the field. And the, the misses, by the way, were just terrible threes, in my opinion. Just reckless shots contested. The two of them, when they're bad, their shot selection, I mean, in the high levels of the playoffs, is so ridiculous. And the Heat, they're not really a transition team, but when Caleb Martin is out there, they sometimes look to get out there and push, and he is pretty good in transition. As for Kyle Lowry, he played poorly offensively all game, but his defense was awesome. Active hands, good rotations, good one-on-one defense, steals left and right. I'm very impressed with Kyle Lowry and then his decision-making. He still makes plays, still gets assists. So he didn't make shots. You needed better from him for Miami. But at least he gives you that defense and he communicates. You know, he's a true leader out there. The Celtic, oh, the Heat went nine deep. It was Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, Cody Zeller, and Duncan Robinson off the bench for them. And by the way, if the reason I'm not looking at the camera every second is because Remember, my computer's been getting really hot these days. I haven't gotten it refurbished yet, so I'm looking at the notes and the box score on my phone, so apologies for that. But Cody Zeller, you know he's going to be hedging everything. He's not going to be dropping because he's not a rim protector at all. And honestly, the Heat were doing a pretty good job rotating when Zeller was hedging, and he wasn't doing a bad job hedging. I remember he even created a turnover on Jason Tatum. And Jimmy Butler was guarding Tatum. Struess also was being switched onto them. He, they, the Heat were allowing that switch of Struess onto the Jays. And the Celtics, you know, they did a decent job in that first half, but nothing special. As I said, Grant Williams solid on both ends. Derek White solid on both ends. And Jimmy Butler was able to get a good rest because the second unit played really well in that second quarter for them. As I said, guys like Martin, guys like Lowry. And 
As for the Celtics, the Time Lord, I thought he played decent defense one-on-one, but he wasn't great in the pick-and-roll, as I mentioned earlier. And another guy I haven't mentioned, he was quiet defensively in the first half, but offensively was killing the Celtics with four open threes missed, and that was Marcus Smart. But the So the Heat, up by six going into the half, I was feeling like the Heat had it. I thought the Celtics still weren't playing with enough desperation, and the Jays were still not playing well enough for them to get the win. And it just felt like a Jimmy Butler takeover was inevitable, and you just weren't seeing that fight that hard that you expected in an elimination game from the Boston Celtics. But we got a response in the third quarter by a guy named Marcus Smart, by Al Horford, but mainly led by Jason Tatum super chat by x3 thank you so much man says the longer the series goes the more those older heat legs become a factor the shooting percentage will come back down to earth interesting point the heat actually went up by nine which was their largest lead of the game early in that third quarter on a max Struess offensive rebound and three and the offensive rebound came off tatum blocking him from behind and jalen brown just shot a rushed three after with like 17 on the shot clock and it's just like some of the Jays shot selection in that first half and then the first three or four minutes of that third quarter, whatever happened to every possession counts. I understand that you have the green light to shoot threes like that in this era, but every possession counts should still be a thing in the NBA playoffs. And it doesn't seem to exist anymore. And in an elimination game, you should be a little bit more careful with the shots that you take, in my opinion. You can get a much better shot than a quick contested three with seven on the shot clock when, mind you, Jalen Brown has been shooting like garbage, two for 20 in the series heading into this game from deep. So the Celtics, though, this is how they made their run. It's not just Tatum. It starts defensively. They were still allowing the switch, but... Even guys like Al Horford, who sometimes when he was in that drop coverage would have to late switch, everybody was holding their own defensively. And when the primary defender does a good enough job, that gets the offensive player more focused on, man, I got to get by this guy. I got to get a good shot on this guy. And that gives the help a chance to come when they're less detected and get some steals. And that was happening a good amount for the Celtics. Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Derek White getting steals, getting out and running. Jason Tatum ignited the run, a an 18 to nothing run in that third quarter with two threes, one on a high pick and roll. Kevin Love was in drop. I don't know why. He hit the three and then another off the catch. And when he hit those two threes in a row, you started to think, uh-oh, Jason Tatum time. He's starting to get hot. And we know what happens when JT can get hot. Everything starts to go. And then he started diversifying his attack. The rocket science that we've been saying for years now with Jason Tatum. He cannot just stand behind the three-point line and dance and only run high pick and roll. Same thing as Paul George. I've been saying Jason Tatum is a stronger, more confident Paul George. Better overall player in my opinion, even though he doesn't look as smooth. Even better than young Paul George, yes. Already led his team in the finals. And Jay, and I, I said, it really comes down to the confidence. And I think he has a better basketball IQ and he's a slightly better playmaker, even though they both have their deficiencies. I do think Tatum, though, when he's being smart offensively, everything really opens up for him. Paul George still has some ridiculous passes that are just unexplainable sometimes and so careless. Tatum, his turnovers are bad. But remember, this is the highest level right here, the conference finals. And the way Paul George turns the ball over, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged four-plus turnovers in series uh, in, in the conference finals level. But don't even mean to hate on my guy. But Tatum's just better than him, in my opinion. And Jason Tatum, the one common issue they have, both of them, Paul George and him, 
can even say Jalen Brown as well. They don't catch the ball at the elbow or the mid post enough for how good they are there. They don't have to take as many dribbles. They can get into their move. Reggie Miller called it out in commentary. There was one time he caught the ball against Caleb Martin, who in the first half was doing a good job on him, taking charges, stealing the ball, just locking up one-on-one. He took him right to that elbow. He turned, put his shoulder into him, created space cleanly, and shot without even taking a dribble. Remember, he's six foot ten. Went with shoes on, I believe, like six nine and a half. He looks like he's six ten in person, though, at the TD Garden when I watched him play. Easy, you're overcomplicating your game. If you really like Kobe so much, watch his fucking film. He, you, it's not about dancing behind the three line, mid post, elbow, po- low post. You're even taller than him. It's not rocket science with Tatum. Once he figures that out, he'll win a championship. It just may not figure it out this year consistently. But he got a little bit more diverse with, the t- with his attack in the third quarter. Threes, mid-range, getting to the basket. He had that one finish going to his right where you saw the extension, the athleticism, the agility of JT. And he led the charge. Derek White even hit a three. And the big time, Marcus Smart. Three for five from deep in the, in the second half. Multiple shots coming from Jason Tatum. There was one time where JT was double teamed in the mid post and he found Marcus Smart underneath the basket. Really good patience on the pass from Tatum, surveying the floor and making the heat react because of his eyes. You know, misdirection. And Jason Tatum finding Marcus Smart, finding guys like Grant Williams. And I got to give a shout out to Al Horford. His defense on Bam, on Butler when need be in that second half was awesome, whether it be man to man or help side. Just coming out of nowhere for steals or just protection. Al Horford, really good. 18 or nothing run from the Celtics. Finally, it was Jimmy Butler that ended the run, getting to the basket. And he actually had a big third quarter. Got to the basket at will. Sometimes a little bit too easily still. Got to the line. He had 15 points in the third quarter. But the heat, the turnovers, the four turnovers, getting sloppy with the ball, that was really killing them. And as I said... This, this series, as I said from game one, is going to be all about pace. The faster the game, the better it is for the, for the Celtics. And if you, you saw in the first half, the Celtics didn't play at a fast pace. The Heat were kind of right where they wanted to be. But the Celtics, when Bam came out of the game, they started switching everything, including Al Horford on Jimmy Butler, because they know they're not going to feed Cody Zeller on a post-up. And it was working because Jimmy wasn't really – I mean, he was still making his – Free throws, and as I said, he got he had 15 points in the quarter, but he was still missing those chippies. There was even one point-blank layup he missed under the basket tonight. I mean, it was very rare. And Smart and Grant Williams had two threes each in the third quarter. The Celtics, after trailing by nine in the quarter, led by as many as 11. And Jason Tatum with 14 points in the third. Caleb Martin went cold from three, started returning to earth a little bit. He started out six for six in the game. And the Celtics were up nine going into the fourth. It really all was about Jason Tatum there. He turned the momentum of the game, but it was a team effort on defense. And that involves guys like Jalen Brown as well, who I still, even though he hit a mid-range and a layup in transition in that third quarter, if I recall correctly, I know he hit the mid-range, but... Still wasn't playing really that great to me. Fourth quarter, though, you knew the Heat were going to try to make a run, and they did in the beginning of it. A 2-3 zone with Tatum out of the game started to cause some issues, and they cut it down to, let me double check. To five. 
And one thing I'll give Missoula, it seems like he's heard the noise about the lack of timeouts in those first two games. He's been pretty, or maybe it was game one, just game one. I don't remember, but I know it for a fact in Boston, they were criticizing him for not calling timeouts uh, in those first two games. And he has made an effort, even though they got blown out last game and, well, they won tonight, to try to call timeouts anytime the Heat get a little bit of a run. Jason Tatum immediately came in for Malcolm Brogdon, who, by the way, struggled shooting the ball tonight. I thought his defensive physicality was good, but he was missing layups, missed some threes, just wasn't a very good game for Brogdon, who was also switched, switching on to Jimmy Butler, by the way, and honestly holding his own. And I think the Celtics, one thing they did a much better job of tonight with Jimmy was staying down um, on, his bump, on his ball fakes and pump fakes. So good job there. You need discipline because Jimmy is so savvy with that, so patient. When he you know, comes to a full stop, he'll still get you in the air with those two, three pump fakes. But Jason Tatum immediately, when he came back in the game, restored order. Hit a mid-range shot. from the, And you know what it was? They, they were in that zone. And finally, they did what I said after game one. Put Jason Tatum in the middle of the floor. Foul line. He flashed the foul line. Cash. Went up by seven. You didn't see the zone for the rest of the game. Derek White then blocked Duncan Robinson from behind. Really good job chasing. And another guy who I thought did a really good job chasing shooters and closing out was Grant Williams. Thought he played with so much effort tonight. And off that block, Jason Tatum pushed. Jalen Brown dunked it down emphatically. Al Horford doing a good job of handling the ball there and dishing it out. And the Heat called a timeout down by nine. Got Jimmy Butler immediately back in the game. And I thought this was a big-time moment. Jimmy Butler got Grant Williams on the switch. As I said, the Celtics started now switching everything. Both teams were switching everything in that fourth quarter. And Grant Williams blocked Jimmy Butler one-on-one. I thought that was a little bit of a vindicating, not vindicating, but just kind of a redemption moment um, for game two. So 3-1 going back to Boston. We'll see. But on the next play, I want to keep going because this was kind of where the Celtics kind of ended it. Marcus Smart scored on another Jason Tatum pass. And Jason Tatum then blocked Gabe Vincent's jumper. So even though Jason Tatum, they concede the switch on the best player. And you're not seeing him guard one-on-one against the best players that much these, this year in the playoffs. His help defense and his, his closeouts and all the other little things when he has to guard, he's still doing a great job. And that's why I want to see him guard more. Jason Tatum has become a much better defender these last two years. And I liked last year when he was really guarding the best players. And Yudoka, it seemed like, was really challenging him every game um, to be engaged defensively. But big block there. And Gabe Vincent stepped out of bounds and then twisted his ankle. That's something to look towards next game. Um, pay attention to because Gabe Vincent was playing pretty well. He was one of the few guys that shot well for the Heat tonight. And Jason Tatum then on the other end hit a step back three to put the Celtics up 14. He called timeout, and I thought right there that was the end of it. But the Celtics, Marcus Smart hit a three after Jason Tatum got doubled right off that timeout. Jason Tatum, when they were switching everything, he was getting certain matchups. Sometimes the Heat would double. And as I said, when he got the ball closer to the basket in terms of elbow or mid-post kind of mid-range area, he was creating fantastic looks. And it was just all about Jason Tatum. Smart hitting threes. Butler missing chippies. Bam Adebayo, not aggressive at all. Kyle Lowry wasn't hitting. Caleb Martin wasn't hitting. And overall, I I think the Heat were a little bit complacent. And to a degree, just returned back to earth from three. But I also think the Celtics just wanted it more, as cliche as that sounds. And if the Heat end up actually making history and losing this series, 
this game will be one to blame because it was there. And the second half, they just, I think, thought the Celtics would roll over and die. And when Jason Tatum hit him in the mouth, I mean, their stars didn't bring it. Jimmy Butler tried. I'm not going to say he didn't try. His shot just wasn't falling. But bam, you also got nothing from him. And the Celtics, I thought, going into this series are the better team. They're the more talented team. So it shouldn't be a sweep. So I'm just happy the Celtics showed some fight and and saved the series. Let's talk about the lines. The Miami Heat, they shot 43.6% from the field tonight. So not great. And only 25% from three. So finally, returning back to earth. And they started four for eight from deep. And after that, geez, four for 24 after that. 25% from deep. They shot 23 for 28 from the line. So 10 more free throw attempts than the Celtics. And they shot 82% from there. So good job making their free throws. Duncan Robinson didn't have a good game. He's in there to shoot. He did create some decent looks, though, because they show him so much attention coming off those screens. Basically blitz him. And he was 1 for 5 from the field, 0 for 4 from deep, just 2 points, and he was a minus 12. They tried to attack him in the pick and roll, and I honestly don't think they got much, the Celtics. But Duncan Robinson didn't make shots. They need him to make shots. He was fantastic in Game 3. He was good in one of the games in Boston. I forget which one, though. But not a great game from him. Then you talk about Cody Zeller, who just played 13 minutes, was 1 for 2, 5 points, 3 rebounds, and was a plus 2. Thought he was fine in his role. I actually thought he was pretty good in that first half. Not relevant enough to talk about. Kevin Love only played 12 minutes, 6 points, 4 boards on 2 for 6, two for six shooting and 2 for 4 from 3. So pretty quiet game for Kevin Love. Didn't play much. Kyle Lowry, great defensive game. Offensively needed a little bit more. Missed just a bunch of threes. Was one for five from deep, two for eight from the field. Um, they were dropping on the pick and rolls, and I guess they're going to live with him shooting the three. His three ball has been inconsistent in these playoffs. So I, I think he'll have a better game in game five. But Kyle Lowry, five points, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals. He also turned the ball over four times, uh, and the Heat turned the ball over 15 times in the game. It's actually 16 times in the game. But, yeah, Heat fans, I know I have a couple of them. Let me know what you thought of Kyle Lowry's performance. Offensively, not great. Defensively, I thought he was really good, though. Caleb, let's go with Gabe Vincent. 28 minutes played. You wanted to see him probably play a little bit more, but he did have four fouls. 17 points, four assists on five for 10 shooting. But his three ball wasn't going tonight. One for four from three. The Celtics were pretty much dropping on all the pick and rolls with him until they went switch everything in the fourth. Six for seven from the line for Vincent. I thought he was good. You get 17 points on 50% shooting from Gabe Vincent. That's You'll you'll take that all day from the if you're a Heat fan. Caleb Martin. He may have cooled down in the second half, but 16 points, four rebounds on six for nine shooting and two for five from three. He shot 66 40 100 tonight in 35 minutes and he played good defense in the first half on Tatum yeah he got cooked in the second but I thought he was pretty good too this game was really to me when I'm looking at the box score even more it's very clear it was about the stars not showing up Max Struess 36 minutes played nine points and seven boards four for nine from the field but he was one for five from three and got a good amount of clean looks and defensively Stood his ground in the first half, second half, needed help, and he was just, you know, when he got guarded Tatum, didn't look very good. But you could say the same about anybody in that second half guarding Tatum, except Jimmy Butler, who one time guarded him on a post-up and forced Tatum into a turnaround miss that didn't even hit the rim, just hit backboard. 
Bam Adebayo. I said the target number for him if they want to win the championship is he has to average 20 points plus. 10 points. That's not going to get it done. On seven shot attempts, he even had the, you know, a mid-range against Al Horford, pulled over him and cashed it. And that was in the second half, I believe. No, it was in the first half. Don't know why he's not aggressive every single night. Four for seven for him, two for four from the line, just 10 points and five rebounds, one steal, no blocks, and four turnovers. So terrible game, in my opinion, for Bam. And his presence wasn't really felt that much defensively. Jimmy Butler, 29 points, nine rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. Two turnovers for him, 9 for 21 from the field, 1 for 4 from deep, and 10 for 12 from the foul line. Look, that stat line sounds pretty good, 29, 9, and 5. And he wasn't insanely inefficient or anything, but he missed a lot of the shots he normally makes. And I think if you ask Jimmy Butler, I don't know what he said after the game, but he'd probably tell you he needed to be better in a closeout game. Tonight, the best part on the court was Tatum, and that's the first time in this series that we've said that. Again, it is a stars league. The playoffs is about the stars. Role players and coaching, this and that. It really comes down to those two at the end of the day. Let's go to the Celtics, who shot 51% tonight, and we talk about their offensive intentionality, the two favorite words that Joe Mazzulla loves. They shot the fuck out of the three ball tonight, but I thought besides the first half, they were good looks. Honestly, besides just the first quarter. I think the second half, I'm sorry, second quarter onwards, outside of Jalen Brown, who I thought just took some unnecessary ones, they were taking good looks, and they were making them, and when you're making them, fine, keep taking them. 51% from the field. 40% from three, 18 for 45 from deep, 12 for 18 from the foul line, so not great there. But the Celtics, with an eight-man rotation tonight, everybody playing 25-plus minutes. Actually, no, everybody playing 17-plus minutes. Malcolm Brogdon played the least. He was one for five, had two points, five rebounds, and three assists. As I said, not a great shooting night for Brogdon, but he's going to do those other things like rebound, like assist, like defend. Add some physicality, and he's not a dumb player by any means. In fact, one of the higher IQ players on the team. But with one for five shooting in this game, I think you'd expect a bigger game from him offensively in game five. And I think it's coming. The Time Lord played 22 minutes. Thought in the first half, as I said, he struggled defensively. But second half, much better. And when he was switching, was still doing a decent job. A couple of times moving his feet really well. So solid game overall from him. Had two or three baskets off Jalen Brown dump downs. Just nice pass from JB, recognizing Time Lord underneath. Seven points for him. Only one rebound. Three for five from the field. One for two from the line. And I thought his defense improved in the second half. Grant Williams. Really good game from him. 14 points, six boards, two assists, a steal, and a block. He did not turn the ball over. We know what that block was, blocking Jimmy Butler. Four for seven from the field and four for six from three. For Grant Williams to hit four threes, 66% shooting you know, from deep, that's just huge. He was a plus 15. What a performance by Grant, and his defense was just awesome as well. Al Horford. 25 minutes, two solid games from him in a row, especially this one. Last one, I mean, he shot well, but I don't know if you can even say anyone played solid for the Celtics the way they played. 12 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and a block on four for seven shooting and 50% from three, three for six. 
big time from Al Horford. Two of those threes came in that second quarter, but his defense was awesome. He had active hands, really physical, and was able to stay with just about everybody. 12 points, seven boards, four assists, a little bit of everything. He was a game high plus 23. Big time Al Horford. Seems to play well when the pressure's on. Derek White. His best game of the series for sure. 16 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 5 for 10 from the field, 3 for 7 from 3, and 3 for 3 from the foul line. It cannot be better for Derek White. He had to guard Jimmy Butler a lot, and granted, that's going to be a matchup that the Heat go at all series, and they will go at in Game 5 over and over again because Jimmy likes it, and he does get a good shot basically every time. But Derek tries his best. And when he guards other players, he does a very good job. And help defense, he makes the right play more often than not. 50% shooting tonight, three three-pointers. You'll take that all day, 16 points. And then Marcus Smart. It took a while, but three for five from deep in the second half, three for nine overall, four for 11 from the field overall, 11 points, three rebounds, six assists, and two steals. It's interesting. Marcus Smart's not really as involved defensively. Of course, they don't want to put him in the action, but he hasn't been as involved defensively as normal. You need him to make shots, though, and just finish or make plays offensively if you're the Celtics, and it was his best game of the series. Actually, I don't know. That game was a game one. He had a double-double. That was actually a pretty decent game for him. But big-time shot-making in the second half when they needed it most by Marcus Smart to finish with 11 points. So six players in double figures for the Celtics, all five starters. The Heat, only four players in double figures. Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Bam, and Jimmy. And now the Jays. Jalen Brown, I still don't think he was that good, but defensively he was good, and he played better in the second half. He had only 17 points. You have to think if that fall where he landed on his you know, arm – is bothering him, and that's why his shot just hasn't looked the same. Maybe it is. 17 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. That doesn't excuse bad decisions, and a lot of times he just doesn't take good shots for me. 7 for 16 from the field, 1 for 5 from deep, so now he's 3 for 25 from 3 in the series, and also 2 for 5 from the foul line, which is insanely uncharacteristic. So maybe there's something up with his shot. You're going to need better from Jalen Brown if you want to win Game 5 because I think Jimmy Butler is going to play better. And then Jason Tatum, the man for the big occasion, yet again. Game six, Milwaukee. Game eight, well, he, game eight. Game seven in 2018 against Cleveland. They may have not won, but he was one of the only players on the Celtics team that night that was actually able to put the ball in the basket against the Cavs and LeBron. I, game five against the Bucks. I'm not honestly act like that doesn't count because the vibes were completely off, and Kyrie made him worse that year. I stand by that. I was in Massachusetts watching the games. He did not let him rock on the ball like that. And then in the bubble, yeah, he lost. I don't remember if they were down 3-1. I think they were down 3-1. And they won game five. But game six last year against the Bucks, game seven, and then game six and seven against the Sixers, and now this one. Jason Tatum, when his back's against the wall, he seems to come up with a lot of big-time performances. And he did it in every way, shape, or form with a huge second half. 33 points. I believe he had 25 points in the second half. 33 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. Just the 5 turnovers. You want that to clean up. 14 for 22 from the field for him. It's insanely efficient. 4 for 9 from 3. Restored order when things were about to go wrong in the beginning of that 4th. Only 2 free throw attempts, by the way, and made only one of those shots. Needs to definitely get to the line more. 
But the big key for him was diversifying his attack, starting in the mid-range at some moments, you know, and making good passes off those double teams. But the double teams come when you catch the ball closer to the basket. It's easier to load up and recover and rotate when you're behind the three-point line all the time with all eyes on you. So, Jason Tatum, be smarter. Go watch that Bean film, bro. Come on now. Big-time performance. The Celtics stay alive. They win it by a score of 116 to 99. They outscore the Heat 38-23 in the third quarter. That was the one that made all the difference. 28 to 20 in the fourth. So overall, 66 to 43 in the second half for Boston. Big time. We look at the team stats. The second oh, they don't have second chance points on here, but 16 turnovers for the Heat. That killed them. 27 points off of those turnovers for the Boston Celtics. That is costly. And the Celtics stay alive. We'll see if they can continue to make the three ball. In my opinion, they still aren't doing anything that crazy defensively. So the Heat, they're going to get their good looks. Jimmy's going to get his chance to dominate. But if the Jays just play at a high level and the role players make shots, and a lot of those making shots comes from the Jays creating great looks, and that's with them being aggressive, them not just standing behind the three-point line and dancing, them catching the ball in the mid-post, them getting to the mid-range, them being aggressive and getting two feet in the paint, then things change. So we'll see how it goes. you got to admire the fight of the Celtics here because I thought they were done. I criticized their, their heart. There, everybody has, not just me, criticize their heart, how much they want it, how much pride do they have in the uniform. And tonight, they showed a little bit of that classic Celtic pride. I think the series is over in six games, though, if I'm being honest. The Heat will win. But if the Celtics win the next game, which I think they will, I think they're due for a home win, then you feel a little bit of that pressure. I've seen a couple series that were down 3 nothing, extended to six in my lifetime, but never seven. Um, it happened in 2003, but I wasn't watching basketball yet. I was only four years old, turning five after the, shortly after the season that time or in that season. So we'll see. I think they will create or force a game six. The 2013 Celtics did it 10 years ago against the Knicks. But I think the Heat will finish them off at home. But we'll see. The Celtics, you know, they're going to play, they're gonna have to play a great game in game five as well. And that crowd has to be huge. So if you're going to the game, Boston fans, be loud. My minute men, minute men and Minute Women, shout out to you guys. If any of you are listening, let me know. Um, big time Celtics win. Keeping the season alive. Going back to Boston. In the words of the great Johnny Most, we're going back to Boston. Let's get it. I thought tonight was going to be my last live at the conference finals. I thought I was going to have a week-long break. Or more than a week-long break, I think. No, about a week long. But I won't. I'll see you on Thursday. We may have a guest on. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Peace.